ICSI Should Have Backed It podcast. The Turnbull Stakes was built as a match race between the seasoned superstar, Very Elegant, and the new kid on the block, Incentivise. In the end, it was a commanding win from the Queensland Galloper Incentivise, who notched up his second Group 1 in a row and confirmed its favouritism for the Caulfield Cup in two weeks' time. Meanwhile at Randwick, the Epson Handicap was once again a massive challenge for punters, with Private Eye coming from the back of the field to take out an impressive win. With us again is Australia's number one tipster and form analyst, Chris Venuccio. Welcome, Big V. $2.30 seems about right for Incentivise now in the Caulfield Cup. Hello, Phil. Yeah, great win by Incentivise in the Turnbull. I think 230 is a bit short at the moment. Rock bottom, you know, two weeks out, and we're still going to have the final field, 18-horse field. It was 270 for the Turnbull, so, you know, I'm not in a rush to get... 230. Look, the only thing that would uh, I mean, impact that price surely would be a barrier at this point. He's proven a couple of times now that this field he can um, deal with. And I think also with all in markets, you see that when the final call comes out, the markets adjust because you've got to work to a certain percentage. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be rushing for 230. Things can change as well, and you know, you just hope you get a. Maybe a better price. I mean, I reckon he still wins the Caulfield Cup, but you've got to wait for the final fields and, and make that final call. So, yeah, I'm not going to charge in at the moment. Just wait and see. Yeah, you certainly have, don't have to rush at this point at that price. And uh, Now, Big V, I thought you'd be a little bit more excited, a bit more upbeat. You were all gung-ho about incentivise. You've basically put the house on it, and it's got up. I want a bit of excitement out of you, mate. Don't worry. I was excited when incentivise the line first because I needed that result because I had a few misses earlier in the day, a few seconds, and Anna Visto not delivering, so needed that result. It looked a little bit dicey at the top of the strata because they did go hard, and I thought, you know, he was there to get run down, you know, very elegant, looked in the dangerous position as well, but he just kept on fighting, and I was excited when he crossed the line, and it was somewhat tempered a little bit because I did back him earlier before Colette was scratched and, you know, popped some harsh deductions considering that he's he paid two seventy in the end and he didn't drop below that two sixty price and I've I did back him earlier at two eighty even knowing that Colette was a chance of getting scratched, but I thought even with that scratching, there was no way Incentivise was going to be paying more than two dollars fifty. So I was surprised by that. I, I had him more as a maybe 240 to 250 chance, even accounting for very elegant being the favourite, even, you know, $2.20, $2.30 favourite, very elegant. So, yeah, so sometimes when you... A win, a win is a win. You can't complain getting money in your pocket. But I, you know, if I had a weighted, you know, I could have got a better price than 270 but you know, they're the decisions you make. You know, if you don't... Go in early sometimes. You wake up Saturday morning and it could be a, it could be two dollar thirty, two dollar forty favourite. And very elegant's the one that's that eases out. But I, I reckon you would have been on an incentivise as well. You were all over him for the Maccabi Diva. Surely you, you followed up. Well, I got a good price from the Maccabi Diva as well, but I, I couldn't steer clear of very elegant, mate. She's just done so much good work for me over the journey and I did actually have in your honour incentivise as my should have backed it for the week, Big V, just because in Big V we trust and I did steer clear of your 
your big tip. Actually, at the last end of last week's podcast, I asked you for one lock, and I believe you chose Incentivize for this week. So, um, yeah, no, I stuck with Very very Elegant. Not quite sure what to make of that run. I mean, she went around $2 favourite, as you said, uh, and really got a pretty good run there with Damien Lane, but just didn't go like she does in Sydney, or I've seen her in the past. And when you've got horses like Chapada going past you, I'm a little bit worried about her moving forward. Yeah, me too as well. If you get a wet track, then, yeah, she'll be a lot better. I thought she looked perfectly poised just behind that speed, and and there was a really fast speed because in the end, Mount Popper's been beaten 20 lengths, and and Sir Dragonet has also been well beaten as well. I think they've had a few issues, both those horses. I think questionable tactics by both as well because they're being set for, you know, Caulfield Cups and Cox Plates, and I was surprised to see them you know, really challenged for the lead. There didn't look to be a lot of speed on paper, so which was probably why they tried to find a forward position. But I think they overdid it. Brett Pebble, it was a good ride because he didn't want to get stuck behind Mount Popper, so he he pushed up, made sure he held that rail and the lead. And that's why I thought he looked like he was going to get run down because he had to do a lot of work. And he was, and I think he was there to get picked off, but you know, he was really strong and. I would have been crying if Young Werder had a, got up because I was on him in the derby and I, I can't believe how he got beat by Johnny Get Angry in the derby last year. When you see how far back Johnny Get Angry has got beat. Now, I've seen the Stewart's report. He might have pulled up with a respiratory problem, but he still got well beat. And I, I think with Johnny Get Angry, they should just forget about the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, I think uh, a couple at the back there did have some issues, as you pointed out there, Big V. But the good thing about Incentivise is it does get challenged as a leader and it, it does have that second win and it kicks again. And we saw that again when it was challenged at the top of the straight, as you say, and it, it did kick away. So it's obviously a very serious horse, a deserved favourite for the Caulfield and Melbourne Cups. The only uh, reservation I would have for a Caulfield Cup, but at, at the moment I still got him as a top pick, is how he pulls up from this run and backs up into the Caulfield Cup. I think Peter Moody doesn't think it'd be a problem, but I think that's just that's just the only minor reservation is, you know, it was a tough run. You know, then can he back up from that, you know, third up into the Caulfield Cup? Or will there, is there any risk of him having a little bit of flatness? So, you know, that's probably the, the main reason why I'm not going into that $2.30 price. And I'll probably bide my time and just wait and see. And if it's if it just becomes a watch race for me, then I'm just happy to to watch the cup. But we'll just wait and see on on what price we get closer to the race. Yeah, I think we can probably trust Peter Moody to to get him right. But your point is pretty valid with those front runners. They do have to do it tough, and they probably don't have the same longevity in their preps as some of the. Uh, the horses that sit back and have more soft runs. So um, it's a good point and one we'll keep an eye on, Big V. But um, Because he's had that, sorry, because he's had that winter campaign as well, you know, he's probably hard and fit, so it might be no issue at all. So, yeah, we'll just wait and see. Well, Big V, um, a horse I'm a little bit surprised to see um, on your should have sacked it file this week is Moonga in the Epson. Um, I was on it as well, alongside Private Eye, actually, but... Uh, I thought it ran pretty well, and I'd be very keen to stick with it next start. Yeah, not knocking the horse. I'm just, uh, I had to pick a horse, because uh, there's a few bets that I had that, I, even though they ran second and I, and I lost, that I don't 
I think those bets I had were sound. But with um, Lawonga, I, I know that I, I talk a lot about, you know, not worrying about weights and big weights and weight swings and all that type of thing. But I think the, there are some races where it is hard for the toppies to get the win. And the Epsom has historically been that race where it has been tough for the, you know, the top weights to win. And, you know, I thought it was a, it was a tough performance. He's only been beaten a length and a half. But when you you look at, um, you know, Private Eye carrying about five kilos less, you know, he, he was in a, you know, he, he looked in hindsight like a, a good gamble, like you, you've backed him. I think with Moonga, Tommy Berry rode him well. I think he had to push forward with that weight because if he was to be back in the field with Private Eye, there was no way he would have been able to out-sprint him. So I just think only for that reason... Just siding with the, the toppy, you know, it's very tenuous, my, my sack of horse, but I've just given it to Mawanga for that reason. Fair enough. But I, I do think sort of your first seven and eight over the line in that race, um, all pretty good runs, really. Yeah. In that kind, of, that kind of quality. And, you know, it was a hard run race and, you know, private eye. Didn't look the winner at the 200, I can assure you. I had my eye on it and, and Mawanga, as I said, and I thought Mawanga was going a little bit better, but it really flew home in that last 200 and yeah great performance but uh yeah as i said i don't think there's too much between a lot of those yeah i think so it's gonna be a great clash in the golden eagle between private eye and Mulunga, and i'll probably meet on um more similar weight terms as well not that that's not going to be too much of an issue because even then the way private eye won yeah he could probably beat Mulunga again no matter the weight swing i just thought with Mulunga. Uh, good, very good first up performance in the prep. Second up, I did expect him to beat incentivise second up in the Maccabi Diva. So I'm just wondering with him, you know, whether he's a, a really good, honest horse or whether he can, you know, take that next step up. And I think we saw with, with Private Eye, he won first up in his campaign. He's had a couple of luckless runs, second up, third up, and then he's come up fourth up and peaked. So... Maybe we might see something similar with Moonga. I, I think we will be V. I think it's a serious horse and it, it'll win this prep at some point, no doubt in my mind well, about it did that. Win, did win first up, so it's already got the win. Well, there you go. We'll win again, so, Big V. So uh, no, win, you're so. right, it did win. Yeah, um, I wouldn't jump off Moonga, but maybe the setup for him in the Epson, you know, was against him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. A horse that um, does everything in its power to not win is Mask Crusader, but. It's uh, stormed through there brilliantly in the Premier Stakes to really confirm its spot in the Everest in a couple of weeks' time, Big V. Yeah, that was a big win. He is a serious Everest chance. I, I, I'm thinking the Everest is a little bit thin this year. I, I, I probably reckon there's only five horses that can win it. Mask Crusader is one of them. But then again, you, you're looking at... He, he's beaten standout here. He's, he's performed remarkably to win and you, you just got to wonder can he do what he did against the likes of nature strip and eduardo you know those sectionals that he that he was able to reel off here in the the premier can he do that in a higher pressure everest race from back in the field he, i think for, for mask crusader to win he's got to jump well and and try to settle a length a length or two closer i agree he can't give those types of horses that kind of start 
in the big race. He, he got away with it yesterday. He didn't step as badly, but still gave them a bit. But, um, yeah, it goes up a couple notches in the Everest in a couple of weeks' time. It was a little bit disappointing to see Rothfire uh, struggled a bit yesterday as well in that race. Yeah, I think he's come pulled up with a setback, so he's out of the Everest now. Yeah. So that's um, another horse the um, those slot holders will have to try and find. So he's, he's out, lost and running. He's only beaten a length and a half, so he, he showed a bit more. Oh, I don't think he can win the Everest. So I think the five horses for me, uh, Nature Strip, Eduardo, Classique Legend, Master Crusader, and Geetra, and they've all got their ticks and crosses and we've talked about Mask Crusader getting two back. But I think Mask Crusader can win. Nature Strip, I've still got as my top pick. But if, if he doesn't get the temp, if he can't settle or relax in the run, you know, he can leave himself vulnerable. Eduardo got that little niggle at the end of 1,200. Even though I think he won the Doom of 10,000, that was an inferior race and at the end of the prep. So maybe second up. You might see out 1,200. Classic legend, you are taking on trust. I mean, we didn't get, we saw him last year. We were able to get a few runs to gauge how he was going. We don't get that now. He's going to run first up. So you've just got to take on trust that everything's right with him. And Geetra, I think, is a more dynamic course over 1,000 from 1,200. So, you know, they've got their the few little knocks as well. And then maybe the Inferno has that sixth horse, maybe. You know, I think he's probably a top four chance without necessarily, you know, without being a winning threat. So I've got those five horses that I'm, I'm putting in the can win category. Yeah, I think Classique Legend, I think that is the horse that's kind of the, the big asterisk. I think the other horses, we, we've seen them run against each other a few times now. We, we know how they perform against each other and we can get draw a pretty strong line now. And I know Classique Legend was in that form last year, but we just haven't seen him for a year. And as you say, first up, who knows? You're going to have to tr- take a look, that horse on a little bit of trust as well moving forward. So uh, I want to have a good look in the mounting yard, I think, at Classic Legend. But Big V, we'll head back to Melbourne now um, and we'll head to your should have backed it for the weekend. And again, a surprise for me here, Big V. Um, in the Bart Cummings, you had Grand Promenade, who I tell you what, I was on Grand Promenade and you couldn't have enough money on it at the 500. It was absolutely travelling and really won that quite comfortably. Yeah, it was a dominant win. I stuck with Traley Rose because I was on at the start before and it ran third behind Nonconformist. And they, and she finished side by side with Grand Promenade. So I thought, no reason to jump off her. But when, when I had a look at the that, that replay again, you can see that Grand Promenade had a wider run, but then you offset that by he did get to the better part of the track in the straight, whereas Traley Rose was on the rail and inferior ground. And I just thought, oh, I won't jump off. I'll, I'll just stick with her. And Dean Holland gave her a great run. You know, from Barrier 16, was able to find that 1-1 spot pretty comfortably. A grand promenade. I think this was the race that he was really being set for to get into the Melbourne Cup. And yeah, in the run, though, I think Charlie Rose was um, was just off grand promenade in the run, so not much between them. But then grand promenade just had a better acceleration and just won that easily. Yeah, it was a very striking performance, and yeah, good to see it's booked its place in the Melbourne Cup. Uh, one horse that. I'm a little bit disappointed by Big V, and you're probably going to go, I told you so, but I gave Asar 
its last chance yesterday in the last there at um, Flemington. Look, I thought it was good in Group 1 company previously. You could get $5.50, $6 about it, but really no excuses that run. Had a great run set up properly and at the top of the straight had every chance so yep that's gone into my official sacked it book not just sacked it for that race but it will not be a horse i'm following moving forward yeah i stayed out of this race because you, i had asar on top and you just don't know what you're going to get with him and and he's eased out in, in the market he's jumped out of six dollars fifty equal favorite with tabadance and mystery shot he was about 440 opening price so he's eased out but when you go through the form, you, you just thought Aesop was a, a clear top pick based on his run in the Rupert Clark, who's only a length behind Sierra Sue. Mm. So his performance here, he's only been beaten two lengths, but in this type of race, coming back from a group on, a bit disappointing. Yeah, no, really disappointing. I thought Big Van, more so because it knocked me out of the quaddy, which is the first time I put on a quaddy in about two years. So I thought I might have uh, had a bit of beginner's luck there, but yeah, no, no luck there in uh, the, the last big V. But another race I didn't have much luck in, but I, I know that you were in it more than I was, was the Gill Guy, which was won by, of course, your favourite horse, Kementari. Yeah, I like Kementari. <laughs> he was a three-year-old. I won a few dollars on him when he was a three-year-old, and I'm happy to say I haven't backed him since, even though he's got two wins in the past 12 months, which is uh, pretty good by his standards. So, yes, um, I like Sutori in this race. I think um, he's still one to follow out of it, along with Kemal Passer. I think they're the two coming out. There's not much between the first four. Away game was the disappointment. There have to be excuses with her, because she's finished last, when there wasn't much between her and Sutori and Splintex to start the four. So I think, um, yeah, Zutori, I think third up, looks like he can still go on with it. Kimmel Passa also looked like he needed that run. He was second up. You know, I think uh, Damien Lane just held him up for a little bit until he let him go. So he's probably got a bit of fitness to come as well. Yeah, you could throw a blanket over those four, but I, I did have to chuckle when Kim and Tari was the winner of that because I think a lot of punters... Uh, have done a lot of dough on Kemal Tari over the over the uh, over the journey and uh, have sacked it a long time ago. So when it pops up at ten dollars occasionally, you're reminded that it's a pretty good horse, uh, but it doesn't always have its mind on the job. It's fair to say that horse. Do you think the um, the right race for Zutori and Kemal Passer going forward? I think if they go to a Group One class, they might be a bridge too far. Hopefully, you know they might find themselves in that sprint race on Derby Day. If they get the right um, the right weight conditions for them, so I think that that's probably a, a more enticing race to back them in rather than you know Medicado or the VRC Sprint on Stakes Day. Well, um, you mentioned away game there, which was uh, one of the favourites for that race, and certainly the favourite in the next race at Danehill Stakes was ingratiating. I think it was three eighty into about three ten SP and really put in a, a shocking performance. It did not look like it wanted to be in that race at all, and it ended up being run and won by uh, stablemate Godolphin uh, Blue there, Callus, who came out of nowhere and won at $14. So um, General Bowen there and Bruckner, uh, usual honest performances there. But uh, what did you make of that, mate, and certainly moving forward with those horses? I don't like this race 
as a lead up to the Cornwall, with the exception of maybe the winner Kalos. So the rest of the field, I'm not really going to get excited about. Ingratiating and Ranchan were the two big disappointments. But I did see in the stewards report that Ingratiating did um, play up in the tie-up score and had to have a vet exam, which he passed. But I think he was still disappointing. I think Kalos has come from a Kimberley Grange maiden, I think, to the win. So I think that just shows that these three-year-olds aren't really top class. And in going towards the, the Coolmore, at the horse like General Bow, he ran well again, but I think 1,200 might be a bit of a stretch for him. And then, you know, Brooknar is, is OK, so I'm not really going to go really crazy with this form line. I'll be looking for a horse from Sydney coming down or the Coolmore. Well, mate, it was just, it was just my day. Uh, on our Twitter, you know, best bets for the weekend, I think I had ingratiating an ASAR. So um, they were probably my two worst bets of the day, which are my two actual best bets of the day. So I'll have to do a little bit better for us moving forward there. But, yeah, General Bow, I think, gun, 1,000-metre horse, 1,100 can get there. But, yeah, 1,200 might be just that bridge too far. But uh, a horse that didn't have any issues uh, in its race was still a star. Finally, uh, well, not finally, but got the job done there in the uh, Rosa Kingston. And is that a horse you'll be on, Big V, or one that you were on yesterday? No, as mentioned before I was on Anavisto and I just think John Allen just misjudged the speed a little bit with Anavisto. It went really quick eyeballing Pride of Jenny and ironically Pride of Jenny was the first emergency so I was hoping she might have missed the cut but as it so happens, you know, she set a solid tempo. I, I thought John Allen could have just held back a little bit. There was enough room because you see um, Jordan Childs on Best Stone on a $101 shot he just pulled it back from that hot speed and has managed to finish ahead of Anavisto. You know, Mystic Journey ran well from back of the field. Still a star looked like he was or she was in the, the prime spot, you know, with that fast speed. She wasn't too far off it like Mystic Journey was. And yes, you know, managed to reel in the uh, managed to reel in the leader. Well, in Pride of Jenny's defence, it did stick on really well for second in that race. So, uh, you know, I, I do think, though, Anavisto from the outside barrier there at the 1400 was really given a, a tough ask to yeah. cross, you know, sit on that, that top speed, then get exposed really early in the straight. So I think excuses there and not, not, not a horse I'll be jumping off because of that. I did think Mystic Journey, of course, was the eye catcher finishing very quickly late there and had been one of our horses to follow Big V. So um, hopefully some punters might have had some each-way money on it. But, yeah, look, still a star, honest performer, obviously can can get the job done at that level. So good to see it do that. Yeah, just going back to the, the Pride of Genie and Anavisto duel up front, yeah, even though we see Pride of Genie still you know keep on going and, and Zoni just got beaten in the end, I mean, that's that's looks like that's the way you ride there. But whereas Anavisto has a good turn of foot, when you go that fast early, it does take away that asset from a horse like Anavisto. So she's she's lost her acceleration because you know she's used it all up. She's not a you know that go forward and keep going type horse like a Pride of Jenny is, or like we see with those Gay Waterhouse type horses. So I think that sprint came out of Anavisto. Yeah, as I agree with you, I wouldn't jump off her. I don't know whether you 
you'd still want to be on her over 1600. Whether they try and find another 1400 meter race for her, with a bit less speed. So, you know, she can show that turn of foot. I mentioned that horse, Mystic Journey, Big V, and that was one of our horses to follow. And uh, yesterday was a pretty good day for our horses to follow. As we saw Montefilia there really put in a fantastic performance up there in Sydney. I think she sat three wide over 2,400 and still was up for the fight at the end, just just taking it out over Entente. So uh, I was pretty happy to be on her yesterday. We saw Incentivise get the job done, as we've discussed, in Mars Crusader. So um, definitely one to follow this segment. Big V, what have you got for us this week? Well, as I said before, I think Sutori and Kemal Parks are, but we want them to be in the right race. Also, going back to the Bart Cummings, I thought Pondus, I wouldn't jump off Pondus just yet. That was a, a fast speed he set, and he just gassed out in the last 100. be interesting to see where he goes. Oh, I probably wouldn't get on him next start, depending on where that is. I just want to see him again and just make sure all's in order with him. Hopefully he might run in you know, one of those um, midweek meetings, you know, whether it's the Geelong Cup or maybe even the Mooney Valley Gold Cup, and he could be on track for the Queen Elizabeth again on stakes day. So I won't, I won't be jumping off Pontus. Fair enough, Big V. Now, I didn't have too many out of yesterday, but I uh, thought in the flight stakes there that Star Tante run was very good coming from the back and storming home very quickly. And, yeah, I, I wasn't really given a chance in running to win that race, so... It's close up third. I thought was a really good performance and one I've put straight into the black book off that as well. But that's probably all I've got as a, a horse to follow. I think we've got a, a nice little stable there of horses to follow Big V moving forward. Yeah, I've had a few small wins the last couple of weeks. So I feel like I've got a couple of big days in me. Well, that's a, that's a wonderful segue, Big V, because I'm very pleased to let our listeners know that we are actually going to do a second podcast over the next four weeks. It's going to be a preview show. It's going to be short and sharp. That's the, the key, Big V. We're just going to give the punters Big V's best bets, uh, maybe a couple bets in the main races. It'll come out on a Friday. Uh, and, yeah, we'll, look, we'll outline our best bets, as I said, over Melbourne and Sydney, Big V. So um, instead of having to try to guess who's going to win the, the main races on Sunday the week before, you'll be able to give us uh, your, um, your up-to-date tips as seen in the Herald Sun, no doubt. Yeah, be no hindsight experts here, so we'll have to be on our game pre-match now. A bit more pressure, yeah. Big V. A bit yeah, more pressure yeah, to pick yeah, them. Yeah, a lot of pressure for both of us. <laughs> and you know, start off with the, the Caulfield Guineas, which looks like might be a good battle between Animo and Artorias. Well, mate, well, we, won't, we won't give away who we're selecting for that one until uh, you'll have to tune in to our preview show, which, yeah, as I said... Friday night. Hopefully, we won't get too many scratchings, Big V, for our uh, for our selections. Yeah, that's the that's the risk. But you know, that's we are punters, so we'll <laughs> take that chance. Absolutely, Big V. Well, I look forward to speaking to you then, our listeners. Thanks again for listening to the Shoulda Backed It podcast. And until Friday, as always, good luck on the punt. <laughs>